Welcome to the Rich With Purpose podcast, the finance podcast that's about more than just money. I'm your host, Taborjan Rasaya, financial advisor to hundreds of successful clients over the years. In each episode of this show, I speak with other experts in the complex world of money and finance, and together we discuss how you can ensure you make smart decisions with your money. Even more importantly, how to connect those decisions with your values and your purpose in order to achieve everything that is most important to you. Please note that everything we discuss is not personal advice, but general in nature. For the full disclaimer, please visit our website, richwithpurpose.com.au, where you can also register your details to get access to all our free resources. And please hit subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. In today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking to Barry Lavalley all the way from the island of Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Barry has spent over 35 years in the North American financial services industry. He is the president of the Retirement Lifestyle Centre and a leading educator on the retirement transition. What sets Barry apart, however, is his work with both financial advisors and their clients to help them understand the non-financial aspects of this next phase of life, one that he calls your second life. In this episode, we explore the concept of retirement and how most people define it and think about it. We also talk about the psychological aspects of retirement and those life issues that directly relate to the financial decisions that you must consider. You will learn about the new definition of retirement, how to plan for retirement both mentally and financially, and what Barry calls the paradox of leisure. And make sure you listen to the end, where Barry shares his own very personal story, telling us about his own purpose and how he is going about achieving it. So if you're interested in learning more about how to think about and plan for retirement, you will enjoy this episode of the Rich With Purpose podcast. Welcome to the Rich With Purpose podcast, Barry LaValle. How are you? So Fantastic, I'm, Barry. I'm here from, uh, from Canada, so uh, uh, it's a little colder here than where it is there, but it's really nice to chat with you again, uh, renew old acquaintances from the presentations and work that I did originally with uh, your former firm and uh, hopefully now with, the, with your firm. Absolutely, Barry. Great to have you on board. Uh, seeing you after after some time, and uh, you know, I think what's really interesting is the the theme of this podcast is purpose. Uh, can you know not just money, but purpose, and it doesn't matter where you are in the world, the same principles apply. And uh, so, I'm really excited for you to share your learnings about retirement, uh, what it means. Uh, everyone's got different views of what retirement means to them, and. I think you've got a lot of insight having studied it uh, for many, many years and being an expert in the idea of what retirement really is. And our listeners would do very well to learn a tremendous amount from your insights into the way they need to think about retirement. But well, before you know we get into... I, I was just going to say just yes. uh, as we were going on that uh, that my sense is that what we've all been through around the world in the last uh, last year with COVID-19 and being locked down. Um, it's, it's reinforced a lot of the thoughts that I've had on retirement 
uh, showed me that I think with all the work that I've done that I've been on the right track. And as we get into this podcast, I'm really excited to share uh, how it's changed how I talk about retirement and uh, will provide your listeners on this podcast, I think a really interesting way to look at this period of your life. So I, I'm anxious to be able to share that with you and your your listeners. Fantastic. I'm really looking forward to that part of our discussion with everything that's going on around the world at the moment. So before we get into retirement itself, Barry, uh, can you give our listeners a little bit of background about yourself and how did you even get into the this area of retirement and retirement lifestyle? Well, my original, my university education is in the field of psychology, and I was going to be a practicing psychologist, but I kind of got waylaid uh, back in uh, uh, 1980, I guess, and ended up in the financial services industry. Um, I was a share broker, and, and, and that was back when that was actually a good term. And uh, um, so I, I, I had a career there, but as I moved in or through my career, I began to talk to more and more people about retirement. Uh, you know, I was 40 years younger back then. And of course, it, for the people that I was dealing with, it wasn't as relevant, but the older they got, the older I got, the more relevant it became. And I recognized, I think that not only do most clients not understand what this period of life is, but most advisors don't either. And that the information that was being passed on by financial firms, and this wasn't just in Canada or the United States, it was everywhere. The information was increasingly irrelevant to people as they moved into this next stage of life. I say that because, first of all, I think that that people don't really understand until they have to experience it, but they don't really understand what it's like to get older and how the way you look at things changes. We have our parents as models, but that was at a different time. As we move into this getting older thing, you move from thinking about things that, that may seem like they matter, but they really don't. Now, in so, the case of in the case of retirement, um, I think what people are taught is, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe people are taught that money is the only thing you've got to worry about, and that once you get the money right, that everything else looks after itself. Wouldn't you say that's pretty common for for a financial advisor to pass on? Yeah, absolutely, Barry. And uh, for those who have listened to the earlier episodes of this podcast, uh, you will know that what Barry has said just then is absolutely in line with the way I think about things because people focus on the money and we, without having a clear purpose in our lives and without connecting and thinking about what's important in our lives, we tend to focus on getting more money because the more money we have, we hope that we will then be happier and be able to achieve things. But what ends up happening is people just keep chasing the money without really, really ending up actually connecting with their purpose. So, well, or uh, even yeah, thinking absolutely is relevant to them, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And you're right. Advisors are the same. Advisors yeah. focus on the dollars, and um, you know, my job is definitely for my clients not to make them more money. It's actually about helping them make smart decisions with their money so they can live the lives that they want to live. 
Well, you, you um, asked me though about my story and mm. um, as, as I grew older, I started to, I'm, I'm very much a purpose-driven person. And um, that has nothing to do with money. It's the way you live your life and the things that are important, the values you have, uh, where you want to get to. And um, I began to think that this, this retirement that we talked about uh, is, is an area that people just didn't understand, that they thought that it was going to be a 30-year-long weekend. And they thought that all you had to do was have enough money and it automatically related to happiness. And, and because the main purveyors of retirement education were financial advisors or financial institutions or super or whatever that were providing education, they were always focused on the money. I recognized that I had to break away from providing financial advice if I was going to be of any value to people. And so in 1997, I went off on my own. I started a company called the Retirement Lifestyle Center and um, spent the last 20 years um, uh, or more actually uh, focusing on understanding the aging process. I became uh, uh, very much interested in gerontology. I taught courses on aging, on behavioral finance. And so I started to really make use of the education that I had had. So my approach today is based on a foundation of, of, of self-directedness, of choice, of you can create your own life, that, that you have control over, over a lot of these things. And because of my deep financial background, I was then able to tie that back to building a financial plan, not based on uh, how much money you need to go on a trip, but based more on allowing it to live the life you want. But just one point, I believe in you living the life you want, but in my travels, I recognize that most people don't know what life they really want. And so what I've started to do, and I've done it now for the last 20 years, and it permeates my writing and my speaking, is let's work on what kind of life you want first, and then let's figure out the money after. But money does not come first. It's you who comes first. Um, you know, the old saying is, you know, uh, if you don't know on which road you should go, then I guess any road will take you where you're going. But the, the fact is that we need to understand where we want to end up and then let's build a financial strategy around it. That to me mm. is the retirement planning. Yeah, absolutely. So, that you kind know, of fits I, what you guys are doing, isn't it? Yeah, 100, 100%, Barry. Uh, that's very aligned. And so I guess it's interesting to reflect on what you've come across over many years and what I've come across many years when we talk to people about what they think retirement is. As you said, uh, generally people have a concept in their mind of what they think retirement might be. And I think uh, just to make it resonate with our listeners, uh, we speak to people all the time. Just in the last couple of weeks, I've probably had three conversations with clients um, who are not currently our clients. So it's the first time we're talking about it. And the discussion about retirement is usually something along the lines of, I want to get enough money so that I can stop working. Yeah. 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 Which um, that bugs me, you know, it really does. 
because why do we have to denigrate work? Um, I mean, the, the, there's an, any number of studies, a great one out of Australia last year that suggested that, uh, that, you know, work is actually very, very positive when it comes to your health. And that for many people, the biggest killer in retirement is retirement. So, you know, why do we have to say that retirement means no work? I, that's one of the biggest misconceptions that, uh, that I can see out there. Um, we work because we've always worked and we get a lot of our positive engagement in life from work. Now, if you're my age, which is 67, and you're working at something that you don't like or you find stressful, then you have control generally. Go find something that will at least engage you in life or simply retire and figure it out then. But this idea that you're planning for life without work is crazy. Mm. The, uh, the other thing that a lot of... Idea, yeah. right? Pretty universal. Yeah. This is all over the world. People think like that. Yeah, yeah, and again, we see it with with virtually everyone. The other thing that a lot of people say is, um, "I want to stop working at retirement age or before retirement age." And I always ask the question or challenge clients to say, "Well, what is retirement age? Who decide?" And then they will often say, "Well, uh, what's retirement age? Sixty five, isn't it?" And right, yeah. uh, I always say, "Well, why sixty five? What's sixty five got to do with anything?" Well, if you remember our parents, um, you know, once you got to 65 and they were doing more manual labor than we are. And when you got to 65 and if you're shearing sheep or if you're working in a manufacturing place or whatever, then maybe 65, you physically can't do it anymore. But also remember that we're living longer. And that means that my father, who kind of retired at 65, he only lived to 67 um, they weren't living as long in general as we are now. Now, it didn't mean we didn't have people back 50 years ago that didn't live to be 80 or 90, but not as many. And so you always had this idea given to us by pension plans, insurance companies, et cetera, that this was the time of your life when you can now have a permanent weekend. And we created this idea without understanding how harmful it is to people that retirement meant that you could have prolonged leisure. And, and so this is where everything got off the rails because why do we need prolonged leisure? It's harmful to your health. It's boring as a lot of people this year have found when they've been isolating because of COVID-19. Mm. And it's, it's not what we are meant to do. So where did this idea come? And it's perpetuated. Uh, in every super commercial that I see or every, you know, financial advisor who's trying to advise people that they need X number of dollars so that they can live a life where they never have to work again. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, along with what you said about longevity and this idea of 65 or retirement age, I mean, it's even linked to the social security system, isn't it? Where the government provides a, a pension, but that that was that started many you know decades ago, and I'm not going to I'm not 100 percent sure on the numbers, but it started decades ago. And when it was introduced, the life expectancy was lower than the age pension age. So it really was a safety net to help those who lived longer and were unable to work, usually yeah. physically unable to work, to provide themselves with an income. But as you said, it's now become you know the the third third of one's life 
yeah. where people are thinking, well, I don't have to work and I'll get free income from the government. Yeah, uh, yeah. which of mm. course is not enough to be able to sustain you. Um, you know, uh, back with defined benefit pension plans, um, you know, you were given a set amount and that hopefully you could live on that. And then you've got ways to augment that. Super now is certainly is, is, is a great example in Australia where if you can manage it and you can build it up, then you should have enough money to create this life. Um, that's on the financial side. And you may in fact be okay simply trying to depend on your super. But the fact is that then you still got to live day to day. And yes, you've got money, but what else have you got? And in general, people get to this point and they've got all sorts of money, but they have no ambition. They have no drive. They have no goals. They have no purpose. And, and that's what I think that we have to work on now to help them understand what that relationship with money is between money and purpose. Absolutely. You, you touched on a couple of things there, Barry, and in terms of the idea of having leisure uh, for 30 years isn't, doesn't, doesn't fit us as humans, and, but, but it's the way that most people approach retirement and it can lead to problems. I mean, we've seen a lot of issues with mental health, particularly with men, uh, in this, I mean, everyone and COVID has exacerbated it, but, you know, mental health for men, uh, particularly men who retire, that's something that I've seen a lot with, uh, with clients and the challenges that come with that. So uh, can, you, can you share with our listeners a bit more about the realities of what retirement can become if you don't plan uh, well enough for it? Well, I said earlier that we can learn a lot because of what's happened with uh, COVID-19 isolation. So you now are consigned to, to staying home. Your job may or may not be there, but you're at home. And that sounds like a pretty good deal. For some, you might still be getting a paycheck because you're working for home from home. For others, you're not making anywhere near what you used to make because unless you've got some money kicking around, you're waiting for your business to open back up again. So here you sit and it might be okay for the first month, but pretty soon you get bored. Now you're in the middle of prolonged leisure. And I like to talk about the paradox of leisure for a minute because we love leisure generally because we get exposed to it on weekends when we don't have to work and we can do what we want or on holidays, two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is we get leisure. Now, if you had leisure every day, day in, day out, seven days a week, 365 days a year for 30 years, is leisure still a break? Because what makes it sweet is the fact that it's a break from what we normally do. But if it now becomes the condition of your life, then what do you use as a break from leisure? And the answer, of course, is for many people who are successful at managing work-life balance, the break from leisure is work. And it would be the same for a lot of those people who've been sitting around waiting for the last nine, 10 months, you know, to get back into what they call the normal life, uh, which I don't think is going to happen anymore. But uh, and, and so that's now their break from leisure. A lot of people are looking forward to going back to work and getting back to normal 
even though they might have denigrated that whole concept three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. The so so Barry, for people that are working, um, you know what what you say kind of makes sense, but you know for those that are working, it still feels like you know what what Barry's saying is 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 all, all sounds good, but you know what I still you know, I still want leisure. That's what I want. And, and that makes me happy. And um, I'm not sure if this resonates with me. Uh, can, can you give us some examples or, or stories that, that demonstrate, you know, real life situations, which, uh, which, which bring that home because you've seen it and I've seen it in real life. Well, okay. So um, your approach is to talk about having purpose and I defined it in my view, but let me ask you a question and then I'll tie this into the answer to your question. When you talk about purpose, what are you talking about? What's purpose for you? That's a brilliant question, Barry. So uh, for our, our definition of purpose, when we're talking to people about purpose is actually more about helping people to understand what their purpose is. And okay. everyone can have a different purpose. But what we've found is that most people haven't really thought about what that is. And in the absence of having thought about it, the default position is I'm going to make as much money as I can because then I can have leisure. I mean, I mean, that's, it ties okay, in beautifully. Okay. It's, it's often okay. the it, thing there. It, it does. But um, now I've known you for 10 years, right? And, and you've always struck me as being a purposeful individual. And as an outsider, as, as somebody at arm's length, I look at you and I go, there's somebody who has decided what he wants out of life. And he recognizes that what he wants out of life is to live a life of purpose where he is in control. Would that be fair to say about you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So what we really should be talking about, instead of talking about, I want more leisure or I want, I don't want to work or whatever is we should be talking about control. And this to me is the new definition of retirement, because when you wake up one day and you decide that from this point on, you're going to be able to do what you want, when you want and how you want that to me is somebody who is in control of their life. That to me is somebody who's living on purpose because living on purpose simply means taking the, the, the need to be in control and fitting it into your morals, your values, your ethics, what makes you happy. All right. Now, without getting too far out there, um, I believe that if I am in control, that means that I have control over what makes me happy. I have control over work-life balance. I have control over how I view things in the world. Now, having money might give me a different perspective on some things, and it does. But if I have control, then my life, as my father would say, if it's to be, it's up to me. And so let's take your example of people who say, well, Barry, this is all well and good, but, but I like leisure and I'm, and, and I'm, you know, I'm okay with that. And there is nothing wrong with that. 
But you have to choose the things in life that you want. Um, why are you choosing leisure? Why is it so important? Well, for some people it is. They don't want to do anything. But here's the sad part about perpetual leisure. It's harmful to our health. That if you, first of all, you, you got to use this, right? You use it or you lose it. And one of the issues that we all face as we get older is we got to keep our brains going. Well, how do you do that? Well, you know, taking a caravan and going on a holiday is, is it, maybe that's okay. But now you're doing nothing. You do the same things every day. You get up, you might go to the golf course. You might have, uh, you know, breakfast at McDonald's or you might, you know, you, you, you might sit at the patio in the back or maybe have some friends over. That was the old days when you could do that. And, and that's your life every day, day in, day out. Now, from a brain perspective, what are you doing? You're killing yourself because we need to keep the synapses firing. We need to keep the neurons connecting. And one of the big issues that my generation faces, and you're younger than I am, but my generation is, is very much aware of the problems with things like dementia. And so what we have to do if we have control is choose to do things that keep this working. Is that, that a fair comment? Oh, All right. Yeah. So therefore leisure is not bad, but if you're just letting your brain go to mush, it is going to go to mush and you might be still around and you might be still moving, but is this now really being able to live the life that you want? Because we recognize if we're in control, there's all sorts of really interesting things that we can do with this life that we have, including not doing anything. I think, I think what you're saying, Barry, as well, is that having the choices and being deliberate about what retirement looks like and being deliberate about what the definition of leisure is as well. So I think that's probably the key thing because the danger, I think, where, where it goes wrong especially is when people who have never played golf say, well, once I retire, I'm going to play golf. People that have yeah. never uh, traveled, and now I'm going to travel. People that have said, you know what, I work so hard, I just want to sit around and do nothing. That's what they're going to do. But it's not deliberate. It's not deliberate because they're just saying it because they think that's what they should say or think that's what they should want. They, they do, right? You know that mm. most people don't do the things that they say they're going to do when they get into retirement. All right. Uh, there's been any number of studies on that. But but the fact is that the people who do things are those self-directed people. So you've got, you know, this is called locus of control in psychology. And basically 10 percent of the adult population in the Western world uh, or, or the, the civilized world, let's put it that way, 10 percent could be considered self-directed. Ninety percent of people are other directed. In other words, their life is determined by external things that they don't have any control over. It might be the weather. It might be whether they have money or not. It might be whatever it is. They, but they aren't in control of their life. What you and I are talking about here, when we talk about retirement and purpose or retirement and being in control, is we always feel like we are the determinant of what we're going to do. Bojan, if you don't like, if you're if you're bored, if you are unhappy, then you have the ability to make yourself happy simply by changing your perception. 
All right. I fundamentally believe in that. Um, and I know you might come back and say, yeah, but what if you've got a physical illness that um, stops you from, from feeling that? Um, look, I've been battling, and I don't know if you knew this or not, but I've been battling advanced prostate cancer for years. And more than once, my wife and I were told, well, you know, you're getting to the end on this thing and I'm still here. Did I get down? Look, you always get down. But the fact is that you say, uh-uh, this is not going to happen to me. I'm going to change my perspective, not to bemoan the fact I might not have long to live, but to, you know, to celebrate the fact that I'm still here. And um, my wife continues to say that she thinks that the reason that I'm still here is because of that attitude. Now, in science, we can show that, which is why when we talk to retirees, people who are more optimistic live longer, okay? People who are happy live longer. And like, we can do this to ourselves. People who create positive energy and create serotonin and dopamine, we can make ourselves healthy. Um, and it's, it's not just pop science. So when you're building a retirement plan or thinking about it, let's start with what is it that you can do in your life to make things happen? You call that life with purpose. All right. I like that. Uh, I call it life with purpose, but only achieved when you take control of the way that you view the world. And, and that to me is the ultimate in making a plan. Hmm. Hmm. That's great insights. And thanks for sharing the personal story, Barry. Uh, you have shared that with me in the past and, uh, uh, it's, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, you have your positive energy and attitude has, uh, absolutely, uh, you know, kept you going and, uh, for the benefit of all of us. Uh, yeah. so Barry, how, how should people try and address this? I mean, if 10% of people are self-directed and 90% are other directed and, I guess life kind of uh, takes us in that direction as well. You know, we're busy with uh, work. Work kind of dictates how we live when we're, uh, when we're you know, uh, the, the yeah. nine to five period. And then if we've got family or children, you know, that keeps us busy. Uh, and, and we're often driven by those sorts of things. Uh, and I, I guess to reflect on that, you know, I guess when kids leave the home, that's when, a lot of people, again, fall into another trap of what now, but, but how can people try and shift from being other directed to self-directed or how can they think about getting that control for a time? Well, we have to, we have to get rid of a lot of the preconceived ideas that we have about later times in life. Uh, let me give you an example. Um, I, when I talk to audiences in my workshops, uh, at least when I used to um, before COVID, but uh, you would ask them, okay, true or false, uh, retirement could be the longest single phase of your life. Okay, now, look, you've been in the business a long time, but uh, what do you think the audience will say when I ask them that question? Is it the longest single phase of their life? What do most of them say? No. Well, yeah, but a lot of them say could be, right? Yeah. Uh, could be. Yeah, I guess. You know, I could live another 30 years. That's maybe longer than I worked. Um, and I read all about this retirement life that we have. And, 
And I assume that, you know, uh, it's going to keep going like this for a long time, even though I can definitely see that I'm getting older and stuff doesn't work like it used to. Um, but the fact is, you're right, that it isn't the longest phase. From the time that I'm 67, which is what I am now, to the time that I'll be in my late 80s, which I very much intend to be, I'm going to go through anywhere from six to eight very distinct transitions in my life, driven by my health or the health of my wife. It's not one long life phase at all. And so we get very arrogant about time, and we understand that time really is time is an opportunity, but it is also a ticking clock and that you want to do as much as you can in life as quickly as you can and hope you can do it for 30 years. So big misunderstanding there that we have all this time in the world just to be ourselves. Now, let me give you a story. A lady came up to me uh, in Canada, actually, and she said, she told me the story about how her daughter uh, called her when this woman retired and uh, the daughter said, mom, you're retired now. You and dad are retired. Uh, I need a big favor. I need you to move about 900 kilometers to where they live or she lives and look after your grandkids for a couple of years so that I can go back to university. So the mother thought about it and said, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, it's, I'm 65. I feel good. Yeah, I can come for a couple of years. Now, the husband wasn't all that happy about that, but he packed up everything that they had and they moved to live and with the grandkids. All right. So far, so good. 18 months into this, he had a stroke and he that really tanked any plans that they had to live the life that they had wanted to live in retirement. We're very arrogant about time. We think we got all the time in the world. And so if I am in control, I want to make sure that I don't have too many times where I'm not doing exactly what I want to do. Now, that might mean taking off in an afternoon and having a nap. And I make no apologies for that. But it also might mean deciding on learning something or on watching a program I've always wanted to watch or just whatever it is, right? And so we can't have this idea that time is unlimited. Uh, so it's all part of, uh, you know, you asked, well, what can you do now to, to get your mind in shape? And I think it starts with understanding happiness and what will make us happy and understanding that we have the ability to achieve that happiness simply by living on purpose. All right. So where do you start? Well, let's focus on what happiness is. Now, again, I'm going to come back to you. What is happiness to you? If somebody says, I want to be happy in retirement, what do I do? What does that mean? What will you tell them? That's a tough question. You're putting me on the spot, Barry. Yeah, absolutely. So for myself- Because we throw that I'm, word I'm, around yeah. a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, now I'll, scientifically, I'll take you off the hook on this because I know you know yeah. what makes you happy, but unless you're actively thinking about it, you got to go, okay, well, that makes me happy. That makes me happy. So how about if I give you some scientific research on happiness? And it comes from the field of positive psychology. That was my original intention. I wanted to be a positive psychologist, which simply means 
focusing on how we heal ourselves, focusing on how we can make happen what we want to make happen. And it's become a very popular field. Um, one of the people that I follow is a, uh, a professor at the University of Pennsylvania named Dr. Martin Seligman. And Seligman formulated his PERMA formula, P-E-R-M-A, which based on science are the five key elements of happiness in adults, all right? So here's what they are. The P, and PERMA is an acronym. So the P in PERMA stands for positive outlook. And think about our discussion so far, what that means as we've talked about it. Positive outlook. You wanna be positive about as much as you can. You wanna reframe things to be positive. And you wanna have positive energy positive energy, which simply means being excited about being alive, trying to put everything you have into whatever task that you're doing. Um, uh, Chick Mathali, who is a Czech uh, uh, behavioralist, uh, formulated something called flow activity. And the best kinds of activity that we can undertake as we get older are something called flow activity. And all that means is that you get so engaged in something that you're doing that time has no meaning. And you lose all sense of being connected to something. You just let yourself go. That's flow. So we need positive energy, which is flow activity. The E in PERMA um, stands for engagement in life, engagement in everything. And this also fits back into flow. So we want to be engaged. We want to do things that engage us. And what engagement means is that we feel like we have some purpose, we have some relevance. The R in PERMA stands for relationships. Our relationships are probably more important to our mental and physical health as we get older than anything else that we do. The M in PERMA stands for meaningful and fulfilling activities. We do things that we have fun with. We do things we don't wanna do, but the best kinds of activities are going to be those that have meaning. In other words, that fits in with our value system or those that are fulfilling, which fits into our morals that make us feel like we have some purpose, which gets back to your talk about purpose. And then finally, so again, you'd have P for, for positive energy, you have E for engagement, R for relationships, M for meaningful and fulfilling activities. The A in PERMA stands for achievement. When you live a life of purpose, when you achieve the things that make you feel like you're living on purpose, we get that sense of achievement. Achievement doesn't have to be big. Achievement can be small because again, I told you earlier, we're in control, right? So if I think that a particular achievement that I have is big, I don't care what you say, it's big. And so achievement's very important to our self-image, to who we feel that we are. And, and again, once I understand that those are the five key elements of happiness, then I can start to design this retirement life to do those kinds of things. And I'm not going to beat myself up if I'm doing something that doesn't fit into those five, but I recognize how important they are to this overall sense of purpose that I have to have. Once I've done that, then I also look at what are the conditions in my life that I have to have in order to live on purpose? All right. And, or live so with before you, 
Yeah. Sorry, Barry, before you go into that, just for all the listeners, uh, he talked about PERMA uh, and flow. We're going to put put some material in the show notes so uh, listeners, you can refer to that. Uh, the other thing, Barry, that you did mention was that particularly with the achievement point is that it doesn't matter how big or small. And I think the important connection there is that it's all personal. And I spoke to um, in episode two of, of this podcast with Bad Gardner, uh, we spoke about uh, the point that what your own purpose is your own. It's not about pleasing everybody else. It's not about, uh, you know, having something that everyone else will connect with, but it's something that is, is internal, right? Absolutely internal. Absolutely. And, and so you may, should make a plan understanding that, that you're planning internally. Uh, you're right. I don't care what other people think. I just want to live the life that I want to live. Um, and, and I have some things that, that are important um, and they fit into that whole PERMA thing. Relationships are very important to me. Very important. Um, I don't, I, I will do things, I'll undertake activities that are fun. I mean, you got to do that, right? But I also make sure that I'm doing things that make me feel like I'm not a wasting piece of skin, that I have some relevance, on, you know, or purpose. Um, and so those all are the framework for, for the things in my life that I want to touch, that I want to achieve. Um, and then as I look at my life, there are some, some words I think that can control or add to the control that I have. The first one is purpose. I'm going to live a life of purpose. The second one is control. I'm going to live a life of purpose. I have to feel like I'm in control. I have to be resilient, which is the third word. Because I have to learn to roll with the punches because as life goes on, we have the punches and we have to learn to roll with those. I don't want anything to knock me off my track. The fourth of the words that I want to use are opportunity is opportunity. As part of living on purpose and being in control, I have to continue to look at opportunities to be able to practice those. So opportunities become important. And the fifth one is balance. I have to remember that if I'm going to have the, the purposeful life that I have to have balance. I can't be like a lot of my mates at the golf course who are out there every day because they don't know what else to do. That's right. I've got to balance that with other things that I need to do. And then finally is time. I need to recognize that time is a gift and that it is short and that I want to make as much out of the moments that I have that I possibly can. Great framework, Barry. And, uh, and you mentioned a couple of things there with balance. I think before you reach retirement, uh, there's this whole concept of balance or work-life balance. I've tended to prefer thinking about it more as how we manage the imbalance. I think, uh, you know, life is, is really difficult to get balance. But I think what you're saying is particularly in retirement, when you do have more time and choices, then it is important to get balance. Um, it, it is. And recognize that, that it, it is, becomes very easy to become unbalanced. Mm. And this, remember I said that, you know, 10% are self-directed, 90% are other directed. Um, the people who are other directed aren't actually trying to balance anything. They're simply existing or living the life that is presented to them. 
And what tends to happen is that we become more and more, um, we, we spiral down, I guess is the best way to put it. We stop trying, we stop trying to live. And we accept that our life is without purpose. Our life is Groundhog Day, day in, day out, same thing over and over again, just like we've lived in the last uh, 10 months with COVID. So if you want to get out of that spiral, which is the normal position for many retirees, you want to get out of that, then you have to actually physically or mentally remove yourself from thinking like that and thinking or forgetting that life has purpose and that life can offer you so many things. Mm-hmm. And I'm spending, yeah. I spent a lot of time on retirement, you, though that becomes now the nature of my message. And I, oh, sure, I still talk about, you know, what happens to relationships and, and, you know, how to choose the kind of house you're going to live in and some things you should think about with that and healthy aging. And I, I talk about all those things but not before I lay out the groundwork of how you want to reframe the way you look at retirement to plan for it properly. Mm-hmm. You mentioned, you know, your, your friends who play golf every day and uh, you know, that is a common, it's a common goal for hardworking men in particular, but you know, more and more women now as well, playing golf every day. Sounds like the dream. What is wrong with that? What have you seen, uh, that shows that it is not what it's all, what it's cracked up to be for everyone. Well, well, the question is, why are you doing it? You know, I mean, at my golf course, um, and look, I golf, I like to golf. I'll go out three times a week, maybe, maybe more than that sometimes, but um, I'm, I'm not doing it at the exclusion of everything else. Um, But we get people who are out there day in, day out. And I've often said they're like the U S postal service, rain, sleet, snow, they're on the golf course. Okay. So you say to them, why are you on the golf course all the time? And their answer is because what else would you do? Right. And I can do this every day. And I said, yeah, but you know, you're married. What's your wife say? Well, you know, she wishes I'd play more golf so she doesn't have to see me at all. (laughs) Um, But it's this idea that um, in retirement, we can lose ourselves in these black holes and never get out. Um, look, if you start off and you're going to golf every day and that becomes your retirement, that's your life. Now you might say, well, yeah, but I don't mind that. And I'm thinking, okay, so what are you missing? Well, if I think you're missing something, that's my problem. That's not your problem. You're not missing anything. But what I can tell you is that successful, truly happy people open themselves up to doing other things. Um, I don't want a short life. I, I want to make sure I have all my marbles for as long as I possibly can. And I figure without getting into religion or whatever, I've been given a gift and the gift is I can live. And so I'm going to try and do as much as I can. And if, if, if the person I'm talking to doesn't like that or doesn't care, there's not much else I can do, right? Um, the only things that I ask, the, the, the two questions I ask people are, did you know dot 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 or have you thought about dot 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 and some a lot of people i can get through to but those i can't get through to i'm not going to spend any more time on mm-hmm. you mentioned barry relationships and you know the joke that uh uh you know someone's on the course and their wife wants them on the course as much as possible um so they're not getting in the way at home or whatever can you 
expand on relationships a bit more. It's an easy thing to joke about, but there's a reality and there's a, uh, th- there's a reality around understanding what, you know, how, how that evolves and changes as well. Well, you know, the, 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 the number one demographic for divorce in Australia and the same in New Zealand, Canada, the US is the 55 to 64 cohort. All right. Now, as we go into middle age, there are lots of stresses and strains. Uh, you may have been together for 40 years and you've been together for the kids and now you're facing this life on your own. All sorts of issues can come up. You know, I, I ask my audiences uh, to remember two numbers, 24-7. And all that means is now you're in this relationship. Can you actually imagine living with each other for 24 hours a day, seven days a week? Because the dynamic before was one or both of you went off to your workplace. You raised the kids and all that stuff, which wasn't easy on anybody. But now you're both retired. Can you really live with each other? Some of the most common issues that people face are assumed goals. Just because I assume that we're going to move someplace to... I don't know, take advantage of an opportunity doesn't necessarily mean that that's my wife's goal. And yet too often one partner, and that's that, that example I gave you of the woman who moved to help her, her granddaughter uh, or her daughter with the grandkids. Um, we, we tend to follow along without really understanding that that's not what we want. And so the communication isn't there and people don't talk about that. Um, we unfortunately move into the stage of perhaps becoming a caregiver for our spouse or partner. Um, and that happens, you know, it can happen at any time, but we didn't count on that. And in the, all of a sudden our best laid plans uh, take second fiddle to, to looking after a loved one. And so there's all these things that happen as we get older that we didn't anticipate. And so uh, earlier when I gave you my shopping list, and one of the words I mentioned was resiliency, we have to do what we can while we can and enjoy it. And we also have to be prepared for change and reframe how we think about the world when the change comes. So that can cause a problem in relationships too. Mm-hmm. Barry, the you know, we are in the money business. We help people with their money. And as an advisor, you did that for many years as well. But this is a podcast about purpose, but it's about linking money with purpose. The thing that I learn constantly and this conversation just reminds me again that, yes, money is important, but it's a tool to enable us to live the life that we want. And I think understanding and, and ourselves and what's important to us is actually more important than the money. How, how can, what, what can you tell our listeners about the importance of financially planning for retirement uh, as well? Um, I, I find a lot of people plan financially for a life that's probably not going to exist for them. A lot of people can retire on considerably less than you guys have told them. And others of your clients couldn't retire on two or 300% of what you've told them, given the life that they think they're going to have. The key is, as my grandmother used to say, you cut your coat by your cloth. And I think that we start off by trying to figure out how much cloth we have and 
the basics of the life that we have. I'm a big believer in mental accounting when it comes to figuring out your life. Uh, I divide money into three buckets um, and I, I put a price on each. The first bucket is food, clothing, shelter. I'm going to call it, you know, your, um, your sustenance bucket, the bucket that, that allows you to live. The second budget is your entertainment budget, your lifestyle budget. Now, I can't afford to lose any money or to gamble with my sustenance budget. I got to make sure that I've got money every month because nobody cares whether the stock market's up or down. So I've got to make sure I stay that, keep that safe and secure. The entertainment lifestyle bucket really is going to focus on allowing me to do the things that I like to do. And it is closely tied to the third bucket. And that third bucket is what I'm going to call uh, my nest egg bucket. And when I go to sleep at night, I have to feel comfortable that I'm okay in all three buckets. That if I have choice, uh, I can choose to do things and I know that I'll be able to afford them. If I know that I can't afford them, then I'm not going to get rid of the dream. I'm simply going to try and find some ways without taking on too much risk that I can augment either the nest egg because the nest egg is going to make sure I can sleep at night. It includes not just the money I have, but the equity in my home and inheritances and whatever. Um, if I think about my money in those terms, the way that I invest is different for the three buckets. And I'm trying to simplify as much as I possibly can in my life. So that's, that's the way that I, I tend to think of it. Uh, but I would start off with trying to figure out what your life is actually going to cost. And I wouldn't be making long-term plans before short. Um, you know, you, you want to make long-term plans because you want to make sure your money will last for as long as it needs to. But you need short-term plans, three years maximum on how you're going to spend the money. And regardless of how much money you have, do a budget so that you know how much money is going out. And people will say, yeah, but I have more than enough. Who cares? But successful people tend to have budgets because you don't want money to not always be working for you and, and making sure that it's operating at its most effective, efficient way. Yeah, that's great uh, advice, Barry. In, in, episode, um, in episode four, um, we spoke to David Heights, who, who you also know, and we yeah. talked about the importance of uh, thinking about the future, making reasonable assumptions about the future over short period, medium term and longer term. We can't predict what's going to happen and things change all the time. But the benefit of doing lifelong cash flow modeling, understanding what it is that we want to live, uh, what we want to achieve in our lives and how we want to live Yep. And then making decisions about what we do with our money to prioritize the things that are most important to us. Absolutely. Rather and then than, back into everything we've talked about. Mm, absolutely. Because the, the standard approach that people take is that uh, we don't know where we're going to end up. Well, we don't even know what we want. Firstly, we don't know where we're going to end up. So what do we do? We again focus on how much money can I make? What can I invest in to get the best possible return? without consideration of all the different risks that exist, uh, including inflation risk and including liquidity risk. And we hope that 
whatever we invest in or whatever we do with our money will hopefully lead to the sort of life that we want. Uh, and that invariably leads to people uh, not having control, losing control of where they're going to end up. That's right. It all fits together and everything we've talked about on this podcast. Fantastic. So Barry, one thing that, uh, thank, thanks for sharing all of that. That's, that's been brilliant. Uh, one thing that I'm absolutely interested in is that, you know, everyone has different, different sets of values and purpose. And we know that different people have different way of thinking about their values and purpose during their lives. And they change at different times in their lives. So based on your journey so far, and, you know, you've shared a lot of your personal story as well. How do you think about your purpose right now? My purpose is to, is to share what I am and what I know with other people. I think that's it in a nutshell. Um, I've always been a teacher and educator. Um, I, I, I believe that I am a helper and, and that my goal in life is to make somebody else's life better. And it's really that simple. That's what my purpose in life is, because I recognize if I make somebody else's life better, that I make my own life better. So that's, that's it in a nutshell. Thank you, Barry. Thanks for sharing. Uh, and thanks for coming on all the way from uh, Vancouver Island in British Columbia, Canada. Uh, it's uh, one of the beauties about COVID is it's enabled us to uh, connect and uh, become a lot more normal to connect in this way. And uh, I'm so glad that our listeners have been able to learn from your immense experience uh, that from, from all your years. Uh, Thank you, my friend. It's really good to have me on and, and I really appreciate it. I hope I was helpful. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Barry. Thank you for listening to this episode. Our aim is to share the knowledge with as many people as possible so please share it with everyone you know. And if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and visit our website, richwithpurpose.com.au to get access to all our free resources. See you next time.